Hello there, I'm Paul Church, the director of the Anemo Group, a tech, data and digital talent solution. This is our podcast, Talent and Growth, and in this we get insights from talent leaders on their challenges and solutions to all things attraction and retention related. And today we are talking to Annie Jackson and Aaron Smith, um, the heads of talent acquisition at Clio AI, and we're talking about how to stand out and attract talent from the big companies. And it, it's something clear I've done really, really well. So good insights in how you can make your brand stand out and what you can do internally to help get the best people into your business. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello there, and today I'm joined by Annie Jackson and Aaron Smith, um, the heads of talent acquisition for tech and non-tech at Clio AI. And today we are discussing how to stand out and attract talent from the big companies. So first of all, Annie, Aaron, how are you both doing? Yeah, doing good. Daily well. Christmas, very exciting. Yeah, yeah. trying to avoid the, avoid the lurgies, but yeah, all good. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Well, look, um, I think a great place to start before we kick into the subject is just a bit of background on both of you individually. Aaron, if we could start with you, if you could give a bit of context, that'd be great. Yeah, sure thing. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I currently lead tech recruitment at, at Clio. So that uh, involves kind of eng data, uh, engineering management platform. Um, so yeah, and uh, I've been here for about a year and a half. Before that, I started off agency. Um, so I was at Harnham, um, data analytics specialist company. And uh, yeah, kind of started off on the European desk there to uh, yeah start relationships with companies in, in Southern Europe, uh, to, to, to be uh, honest. And then, yeah, moved internal. Was at places like Zopa and Skyscanner, amazing companies, and that's where I really learned to become a, an internal recruiter and and a more well-rounded tech recruiter, to be honest. So uh, you know, at Harnham and at agency, you're very specialised. So I was doing lots of data science and kind of uh, marketing analytics positions, um, and yeah, when I went internal, picked up a bit of, bit of everything. Yeah, so very much the kind of the broad spectrum of of tech, but still um, still normally work on data roles uh, throughout my career for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks, Aaron. And welcome to, welcome to the podcast. And, and, and Annie, same to you. Yes, I think um, I've been here just slightly longer than, than Aaron. I kind of head up the non-tech um, recruitment team. So we've got two direct reports, one that looks after design, another looks after product. And then we've just hired someone else to cover marketing. Um, and I think I've been at Clio for nearly two years now, um, joined actually during the major sort of first lockdown in London back in April 2020. Uh, but yeah, really enjoying it so far. I think prior to Clio, I was at Carwell, another big um, direct-to-consumer uh, sort of uh, uh, automotive company, um, which is really cool. And then I think I've always in my career focused on non-tech positions um, with product being my kind of speciality. And then before Carwell, I was there for sort of five years, so quite a long time. But before Carwell, I was at another sort of marketing tech company focusing on like client services recruitment for Qubit, who um, I think they've just been bought by another um, bigger business as well. So they've done really well. Um, and yeah, that's me really. Fantastic. Thanks both. Well, look, uh, thanks for being a part of this. So I think, um, and if we, in our first conversation, I think you mentioned to me the kind of growth that Clio AI has has gone through over the past couple of years. And also not just this year, which has been a good good year for the market, I'd say, in, in tech and non-tech recruitment, but last year when a lot of companies were kind of shrinking. So do you want to just maybe give us a bit of an overview as to what kind of journey Clio has gone on in the last two years or so? Yeah, absolutely. So I think when I joined uh, back in April 2020, we were roughly about 45 people, I think. So uh, we're now 
just over 160, I believe, across the UK, US. We've got customer service reps in Australia um, and sort of a few people in Europe as well. So really, really spread out. We've definitely, I think when we uh, were hiring a lot during the pandemic, we did really open up and hire a lot more rem- remotely prior to, because I think previously the majority of the company had been uh, built around London um, in the UK. Uh, and yeah, I think in the last year, we've hired just over 106 people, I think. So yeah, we've had a really good year, but um, yeah, it's been really, really busy across the team. And I think we've always tried to keep the recruitment team quite large and hire ahead of hiring for the, the hiring plans for the business. So um, yeah. So there's been a lot, there's been a heavy this year, but still in 2020, you still managed to grow that year as well. Yeah, I think definitely that was, we we didn't stop hiring at all. I think we kind of ramped up hiring and then we hired Aaron, we had another recruiter on the team, um, grew from a team of two recruiters to a team of about four or five, I believe. Um, and yeah, hiring didn't stop for clear. We weren't as a business impacted at all by the, the pandemic. I think it was probably the, other, the opposite. I think more people were worried about their finances, particularly um, during um, lockdown. So I think we kind of the business grew and grew and grew. So we were, yeah, our hiring plans weren't impacted at all during uh, the pandemic. So I think we, when it the pandemic first hit, and I think a lot of companies let people go, we had um, quite a huge market of people that we could hire from. But then I think towards the end of the pandemic, well, not the end of pandemic, but the end of lockdown, I think it did start to pick up a bit. But um, yeah, it's been really interesting. I think we were really lucky in the sense that we could, could we were one of the very few companies in, in London hiring during that time. Thanks so much, Annie. So Talk us through the strategic process um, for growth at Clio and, and how that looks for you. Yeah, as, as Annie said, like, you know, we've tried to hire kind of ahead of our time, I suppose, in that sense. And, and the biggest thing, and, and that's what the CEO's great at. And I think he's had some good advice from um, kind of angel investors and kind of, you know, seed founders and stuff from the likes of TransferWise and, uh, you know, kind of Wonga and those kind of places to, you know, really invest in your people team from day one. Um, you know, you're kind of, you're not going to hire huge amounts of people with a very, very small kind of, you know, one person TA team and one person people team. Uh, it's just not sustainable. And you're probably going to be spending an, an awful amount of money on kind of RPO solutions or agencies. So that's what we tried to do from, from day one, you know, kind of build the foundations and build that talent team and then really understand, you know, kind of the strategy of the business. And, and where the business is going and, and how we can support them really. So we've kind of moved from being based around kind of KPI models, um, you know, and just kind of hitting two hires a month per recruiter, that kind of, you know, model uh, and not really looking too much about what the hire is and who the hire is and how much of a priority that is. And then kind of moving that from your KPI to more kind of OKRs and, and kind of looking at the business issues. So, you know, if we need to build out, I don't know, a fraud squad, for example, because we're, uh, you know, uh, opening up to to, to fraudsters, um, you know, that would become a, a new kind of mission for for our our team, um, and that's how we kind of support the growth of the business. So we would kind of you know build the OKR to, you know, build out the fraud fraud squad team in, in Q1 next year, for example. And underneath that, you know, you have all the vacancies. You have the PMs, you have the engineers, you have the designer, etc. So that's how we're kind of looking and shaping up for the growth really in the business. And um, you know, again, moving in to next year and a big year for us and um, you know that's what we're talking about now and we're kind of empowering our hiring managers to, to work with us and uh, make those decisions and, and giving them the kind of the budgets to, to work with and, and we'll support them and kind of you know go on that journey with them to, to build out those hiring plans so yeah we've got the team to do it we've assembled like a, a really awesome TA team now and now it's just about building those kind of ways of working building kind of the uh, the, the team planning essentially and I think 
Annie, correct me if I'm wrong, but working in the OKR, our model has been like a, a nice step forward for the team, you know, just seeing how their work is more kind of impactful to the actual business rather than just putting kind of bums on seats and not really seeing the kind of the huge impact of it. And I, I'm personally really enjoying working that way. It's really interesting because um, very often um, you don't get that kind of strategic element with putting your talent team together. You know, it makes sense. You should be right. We'll get the talent team in place. Then we'll go to market. Actually, that doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Often, you know, talent team may be the, uh, it may be, you know, they may end up, a business may end up using agencies or RPOs, whatever, then bringing in in-house later on. So it's pretty refreshing. It sounds quite refreshing to have that kind of structure in place. Does it feel like that to you? Massively. Yeah, no, massively. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of been in places where, you know, you you, you don't feel kind of prepared as a, as a TA team and all of a sudden, yeah, you get like a huge request to come in and, you know, these crazy growth plans and you kind of just don't know where to start, you know, and then automatically, you know, panic stations go in and you've got targets to hit and then you kind of just revert back to, you know, kind of the RP, RPOs and agencies, et cetera, which obviously are a great solution, but they're super expensive sometimes, you know, especially at the volumes that you might have. So yeah, like I think that's what we've always wanted to do myself and Annie and our VP people. We always wanted to build that kind of TA team first, uh, you know, and kind of, you know, push back on the business and the business has, has been great. You know, we're kind of going through that at the moment. We're kind of rebuilding our, our TA team as well, you know, in preparations for next year and some of our series C plans and stuff. So, um, you know, and, and there are some, massive requirements in the business but it's great that the business understands that kind of we have to build our ta team first and that's the priority for our team which we are doing and, and kind of building out the people team as a whole um, and then you know once we've got those people in place then we can go ahead and hire for the rest of the business um, so that's great we've got the kind of support of the the whole company in that sense rather than just the execs yeah yeah perfect annie anything to add on that around the the strategic process for growth yeah, I think I'd just echo what, what Aaron said, really. I think they are much more proactive when it comes to building out the TA team rather than reactive. Um, so I think that's really helped us to um, be ahead of the curve when it comes to hiring. And, you know, as a TA team, we never have, we're never overworked. I, don't, I think we've never had more than about five, six recs at any one time each, which kind of means that you can really focus and um, really do a really great job on those roles and really raise that bar and reach out to those sort of higher quality people and candidates out there as well. So that's really kind of helped us as a TA team, definitely. Perfect. All right. And so, so Annie, what is it about the, let's talk about the brand. What is it that attracts people into your business? Yeah, I think Clio is really great. Um, very, uh, unique in the term in sense of the the kind of what they've built at Clio I think the tone of voice is something that really sets Clio apart compared to other fintechs um it's kind of direct to consumer so we've built an app that's helping younger people sort of Gen Z and millennials to help them with their financial well-being um and uh yeah I think they've hired a really amazing team of, of writers and stand-up comedians to build that tone of voice um so Clio is like an AI robot that you can talk to um to look into your spending habits and break down um your kind of financial goals so that you can hit them whether you're kind of you know a new person that's going to come out of school and you've got no idea of how to manage your finances through to someone's maybe in their 30s looking to buy a house and looking to save some money. Um, so that's, I think, the the brand itself. We've got a really amazing um, employer branding specialist on the team at Clio, which has been really helpful for us because I think um, we've got an amazing, like, user brand for kind of our users, but she's really helped us to understand how to um, use that brand and build on it to attract candidates as well. Fantastic. Aaron, anything, what, what do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, you know, 
I'd implore people to go after this podcast and look at our like, career site, you know, and if people can remember what it was beforehand. But now it's, it's super fun. Like we've got like pizza curses and stuff like that. Um, and a big bit of our brand, on, especially on the employer brand side of things, is that we've actually kind of open sourced our frameworks and open sourced our salary bandings, which is huge. And we've got a lot of like really positive feedback from uh the, the wider world really you know even people just coming back to us saying not interested at the moment but love the fact that you've got your you know your, your salary bands open which is which is huge so we really tried to leverage that um for our brand i'd say as well like the mission massively you know we get a lot of people joining us from the big tech companies um you know and are joining us to one make more impact you know grow for personal development but actually have like a a mission statement to, to work towards and you know our, our mission is improving people's financial health and uh you know some people are massively interested in that and, and have maybe been affected by that previously or you know had kind of financial family problems and, and things like that so it's a very um you know kind of hot topic um especially in today's circumstances um and it's great to have people join us you know specifically for that mission not just to work in like a london fintech company that's cool and using data science is actually okay like how how can we improve people's financial health so that's uh refreshing and we've definitely leveraged that and you know when we go in to do speaker events and conferences and stuff when we're against those big players um that's how we kind of stand out from the market you know we say we're 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 we're, we're actually saying stuff and we're doing it you know we've we've always said we will open source our salary bands and we wanted to do it and people were really supportive of that in the business and we went out and did it you know again with our progression frameworks people can join before they join us they can have a little look and see how they can get from you know a mid-level recruiter to a head of tech ta you know and, and see that transition which is awesome yeah Fantastic. And that, that transparency goes a long way. And I, I've been in a business where uh, we didn't have any any structure like that in place. And everyone's on different salaries. Everyone, everyone, no one really knows what anyone's on. Um, everyone's got different targets. And I've been in one where um, it's very, very clear from the day someone joined what, what their salary is, what they need to do to get to the next, next stage. And it just makes people so much more comfortable. So it really does go a long way. So that, that, that's fantastic. So I suppose there's all these great things in place in with Clio. So what about what the talent team needs to do to convey that and make sure people are compelled enough um, around Clio as a brand? How, how do you go about making sure you get that message out, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, um, we've, we've done an awful lot on LinkedIn and, you know, you don't really see the power of it. I think a lot of people would just get their teams to, to sit on LinkedIn and LinkedIn recruiter and just kind of message people and, and that's it and not do anything when it comes to engaging with the brand on, on LinkedIn. And we, we've, we've tried to do lots of like blog posts, regular blog posts, and we sponsor a ton of events and conferences and we would always post about that and, you know, do blog posts about it, et cetera. When we get an awesome new hire in the exec team or something like that, we do these kind of, uh, you know, intro sessions on on, uh, on LinkedIn and stuff, and um, we've got we've done a really a few good campaigns actually, where we've got we basically went viral in that sense. We've got everyone at Clio to share and like and reshare it, and we were you know posts that I did individually were getting you know four hundred thousand views and stuff like that, which is absolutely crazy. So the reach of that, and when we was a really really like peak hiring mode, I think it was back in April or May or something. Um, we were just all over LinkedIn everywhere. And, and I know for, sh- for sure from other kind of internal recruiters and in my network that our salary bandings and our kind of employer brand site and stuff was getting shared on like other people's Slack channels and saying, using us as like a, a point of reference to say, hey, why aren't we open sourcing our salary bandings and stuff like that? So we were just getting like 
word of mouth really you know and we weren't doing any kind of crazy spend on it and you know weren't spending huge amounts on on trying to get this to reach to the specific people and stuff which you can do on LinkedIn it was just getting it out there in the open world and resharing it and keeping it constant I think you can sometimes go and do like a one month stint because you want to hire a load of engineers and then you get lucky and hire some engineers and then it goes flat and dead again and then you'll start picking it up when you go hiring but we've tried to maintain that and consistently do it um, which I think's been great and, and has really worked and obviously it's a bit on and off at the moment with events and conferences you know just with the current circumstances and climate uh, but we've really tried to do that like giving back to the community uh, and sponsoring events and uh, you know doing workshops with people partnering up with universities as well where we can do like workshops with uh, with students and like give them feedback on their products and projects that they're building like for us for like these workshop kind of events which has been great so all of that stuff just kind of ties into one and it goes a long way and as I said earlier in the call you know like people might not join us today and so the, the, the ROI on these kind of events and impacts and employer brands isn't you know kind of that trackable and it's hard to define that but you know just getting that good feedback from people getting that word of mouth you know knowing that we're in other people's slacks uh is awesome yeah that goes a long way fantastic and annie what, what else does the talent team do well do you think um i think as a talent team we're really good at celebrating success and supporting each other i think you know being a recruiter particularly um at the moment in london in such a busy market can be really tough i think you know if you have a couple of offer rejects or um you know you're really struggling with a particular role it can be really disheartening and i think as a team we all come together we do regular sourcing sessions as a team um where say if i'm struggling with one particular role we'll all hop on and add uh, profiles to a project and and yeah. sort of message people which has been really nice and um just celebrating the wind you know if someone makes a big hire shouting about it in our people team channel on slack and and celebrating and um just keeping spirits high because i think you know it, it can be a really tough job but you know it can be really rewarding as well and you know making sure that people um support each other are kind to each other and um keep spirits high i think is really important particularly for a ta team and annie how how have uh, how have clio done against the the bigger companies in terms of attracting talent yeah i think it's a really interesting one i think one one of the bigger companies that we hire quite a lot from is, is Facebook and or Meta even. Um, and I think where we've done well in terms of attracting people from those bigger companies is just really selling the mission. Firstly, like as Aaron mentioned already, it's a really cool mission, um, a really positive mission as well. And also, I guess, explaining that, you know, kind of coming from a bigger company where you're coming to Clio, where there's only like 160 people, you're going to have a huge impact on the business, um, particularly for coming in at quite a senior level as well. Um, and you'll have a lot of autonomy to really experiment and try new things. I think Barney, our CEO, is really good at speaking to new starters and saying that he'd much rather someone try something new and and it didn't work out, then people just stuck with the status quo. Um, yeah, he'd much rather you failed and and kind of learned from it, I think, which has been really refreshing. So again, that's what, quite exciting, I think, to people coming from those bigger corporations where you have to sort of stick with the status quo and do things their way. Um, and also, I guess, uh, like, pr uh, not promote, well, yeah, promotions and um, kind of career growth here, it can be really quick. I know for me and Aaron, we both wanted to kind of step up to that next level um, and become head of, head of level and, and that was quite a quick transition for us um, but we're learning a lot we learn a lot from the growth uh, kind of the wider uh, leadership team as well and that's been really great uh, great to see thanks Annie and Aaron anything else I think you know that's what everyone wants to know how do you stand out and get talent from from the from the big companies how, anything else you'd add to that 
Big time. Yeah. We actually really kind of listen to what people want as well. And we're very honest in that, you know, so I, I you know, a lot of the times we're, you know, trying to attract senior people and they're come, we're coming up against, you know, those, those bigger players in the market and we're truly listening to what these people want. And if they want management and that's not an opportunity, we will be honest, you know, and we'll say, right, we can't do management now, but we can say within six months time, because we've got these growth plans, you'll become a manager, you know, that kind of stuff and being really honest and transparent. And I've heard in, you know, when you join another big tech company and stuff like that, and you're just a kind of a number, right? You know, you've got not kind of listened to your kind of personal demands and, and, and what you want to actually do. And you don't really get a choice on what you work on in a lot of the, the, the places, you know, you're just a product analyst or, you know, a data scientist, and you don't really know apart from day one, where you'll be joining and what impact you'll be having with us. You get to meet the team, you get to understand what the projects are, how your kind of skills will help us get to you know, X. Um, so that's been massive, you know, and we do lots of like sell calls. We get VPs and managers and all this kind of stuff to, to, to jump on these calls and actually say, tell me what you want. Okay. You said in the interview, you're not interested in management. You want to be an IC and get your technical skills up. Amazing. Uh, we can work on that. But if you decide in a year's time, you want management. Awesome. You can go down that track and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we listen to people, you know, if they don't want to work on kind of uh, back-end facing stuff and payments and fraud, uh, you know, issues. They want to work on user facing issues and then actual like the product itself. We'll make sure that we're not putting them and allocating them into a team that they'll be unhappy with. So I think that's been a big one, especially in, in kind of my areas, like actually listening to the demands of the candidate and what they'll be happy with and trying to make that a reality. And if we can't, being super honest with them as well. Yeah. Fantastic. And I think just, just to kind of finish up, I want to kind of, um, ask your advice, um, kind of a one thing for the different um, levels of people we've got listening to this this uh, this show. So I think uh, it's a mixed bag of people, but I think we're going to have people who are talent acquisition consultants and we'll have talent leaders listening as well. So if you're working in a TA function, not the leadership role, but in a TA function, what's that one bit of advice you give to people looking to get the best people into your company? And then the same question for talent leaders. Aaron, so I'll start with you. What, what advice would you give both of these types of people? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I think it's like really convoluted these days about like what what kind of um, what the mission of the company is and what you're actually trying to achieve, you know. And, and I think sometimes you go into a business and it sounds cool, but it's like, okay, right, well, like how does my work actually impact the business, you know? And how does my work kind of contribute to the the OKRs of the business and that kind of stuff? And that's really def defining. Um, We've also done like a, a huge process and, you know, I wish we had this from, from day one of the kind of documentation in the business. Um, you know, we've done a lot of things when it comes to writing up like interview processes and scoring rubrics and, um, you know, kind of just cons consolidating all these different kind of information streams and Google docs and personal docs and all this kind of stuff uh, into one kind of single source of truth. And that's, that's really worked wonders. And um, we've started to use that, um, collectively with the wider business i think there's teams that do this really well engineering for example you know really hot on, on documentation and ta team was kind of all over the place and that's been something really great that's that's worked wonders yeah i definitely recommend having that mission and uh you know kind of alignment on what these people coming in can can do and have impact and then more kind of for ta people like, yeah, get your house in order, get the documentation ready. And it helps massively when you're scaling the TA team as well, when you've got the all of these different information banks and ways of working and ways of doing stuff, you know, get it all into one place when you're inducting team members, you know, you can just 
give that to them, let them read it in their own time and just, you know, kind of ingest all that information is, um, yeah, hugely valuable. Fantastic. Thanks, Aaron. And then to Annie, to you, so your bit of advice for, for TAs and also for talent leaders, what, what would you say? Yeah, I, th- I think for TAs, if you're coming from a smaller business, like like a Clio or maybe slightly larger, um, just moving quickly. I think that's probably been one of our advantages at Clio where, you know, if you find a really amazing candidate, get that process and, and just really run with it and try and move things around, like move internal meetings and get that process and time to offer down as much as you can. And also like um, really personalizing the offers when you make them and getting the team to reach out to that person who just received the offer, um, send them an email, send them a video, um, just that kind of personalization can make such a difference. Um, and then for TA leaders, um, I think just to repeat what I said earlier, just around celebrating the success of your team and um, just really looking after your team as well. I think burnout can be a big issue for recruiters. It's a really tough role and they can work really, really long hours. So just, you know, rewarding them, giving them time off and making sure that they're they're okay. Because I think if your TA team are happy, you're going to see results, like positive results from that. It can make a huge difference. So yeah, I think that'd be my two key bits of advice for both. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for that. Um, and, and I'm sure there'll be people who uh, will want to pick your brains perhaps after this. Annie, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you if they'd like to kind of get a, get your advice on some topics? Yeah, I think LinkedIn. I've got my email address on my LinkedIn page. So feel free to drop me an email or, or message me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Is that same for you, Aaron? Same for me. Yeah, exactly. Same for me. Yeah, me and Annie, happy to jump on a call and talk through things, grab a coffee with people. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, you've painted a, a really lovely picture of what it's like to work at Clio. So I'm going to be sending you my CV after this call. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, thanks for spending time with us and everybody. Thanks for listening today. Um, if, you, if, you, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'll ask you one thing, and that is to share it with one other person you think will benefit, benefit from it to help grow the community. Apart from that, thanks, guys, and I'll see you next time. Cheers, Thank Paul. You. Thanks a lot.